Susan R. Madsen. Today's guest is an endowed leadership professor at Utah State University and the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. She is publishing a series of reports on sexism in the workplace that is attracting international attention. She'll also share insights on her superpowers, a sense of purpose, stamina, and courage. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Susan, thank you so much for joining me for this important conversation. I am so excited to talk to you about this stuff. Well, I'm excited to to be on this podcast as well. Thanks for the invitation. Well, uh, Susan, let's start w- with a, a topic that you just did. Your group just did some uh, important research on poverty in among women in Utah. And this is a national problem, but you, you focus on Utah. Uh, it, it said nearly 47% of female-headed households are living below the poverty line in Utah, uh, households with children. It shocked me that it was that high. What do you take from that? What do we need to do? Well, in you know, in general, when we look at the national, um, women tend to live in poverty much more than men, um, especially single mothers. And actually in Utah, in the state of Utah, we actually do better than most states. We are only, some rankings say we're second to the best, some of five, yet even with those statistics, actually the statistic is a little different than what you said because we've made more progress, but still, if you're a single mother and you um, have kids that are five years old and younger in your home, about 37% of women in Utah, and I would say in other states even more live uh, below the poverty line. And if you have kids, if you're a single mom and you have kids 18 and under, it's still 27%, I mean, in in general. So that's a lot. That's, you know, even though we in Utah are doing slightly, you know, better than the nation, that's, that's thousands and thousands of women and families that are being impacted. And so, and we're, like I said, a better state, but some states are really struggling and you would see half half of women, if you happen to be, you know, a single mother with young kids, you're going to be struggling. And of course, you know, the whole thing with trying to work as a single mother, maybe not having the education you need. And then here's the big topic around the United States, childcare. It's so expensive. And childcare is quite the issue to research, Devin. (laughs) I, I can only imagine. Uh, it's been a while since I had to worry about child care. My, my son is almost older than I am. No, he's, he's 32. So we don't worry about it. It's been a while. Been yeah. A minute. But, but yeah, I, I think the poverty issues are really complex, but it, it probably the biggest issue is the, is the child care. And as much as I would like to go there and visit with you about that, we have limited time. And I'm really excited these complex issues all contribute one to another, but but gender bias is a huge problem that we have to confront. And uh, its effect is difficult to measure. It's difficult to quantify gender bias, but you've done some amazing research, you and your team, uh, on the comments that women record hearing uh, in the workplace and elsewhere. And Often those comments are from men, not always, but often from men. And uh, they, you know, some of the comments then you, you've also gathered the feedback yeah. 
from the women and, and how offended they were. It's, yeah. it's and the, the, the really hard thing for me to, as I read through these reports, was resonating with things I have done and said to women and realizing how hurtful it was. Didn't intend to be. Uh, but this is a universal problem. You, you focused on Utah, but I, you know, I look at Governor Cuomo uh, being ousted because of these kinds of issues in New York and realize this is a huge national problem. To talk a little bit about, give us some examples and what are the, some of the key takeaways you think we ought to be learning from th this research you're doing? Uh, thank you. That's a, a great question. I've been talking to lots of media about this, and it's so fascinating. So in terms of gender bias in general, there's so many things in research that we're looking at. But we at the Utah Women in Leadership Project, I, I do global work and national work, but I really am focused a lot, uh, especially during COVID, I guess I'm not traveling as much on Utah specifically. And what we did about a year ago was collect, and I thought, oh, we'll get 100 women participating, 200. Well, about 1,000 Utah women answered our survey, and, um, and they gave more than one example. So overall, we had to kind of throw a few things out, but overall, we collected 1,750 sexist comments. Devin, isn't that crazy? And oh so what we did was to put them... We thought we were going to do just one, what we call research and policy briefs, but no, we can't even share the, the experiences unless we did more. So we did one to set the stage in four main categories. And the latest one, we still have two more to release. So we'll have a set of five and they are really interesting. All of them are interesting. We did the first one on equity issues and, and perceptions of inequality we did the, and, and that one, the wage gap, that's an interesting one for the wage gap. This this uh, one that we just did was objectification, and many are just shocked by this one. Um, my team, we're almost ready to launch the third one, which is on stereotypes, and the coders are already have told me that I'm going to be shocked again. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, what we do is, is really use an academic process of pulling out themes. And so just, I thought, I thought we could talk for a minute just about the objectification. And what happened was that uh, in those, what we did was let all of the comments. So we found of all of those comments, about 625 comments were objectification. And then we put wow. them into subcategories. Sub so the first, the biggest one under objectification, this won't be a surprise, is comments focused on physical appearance of bodies and about 251, but number two, sexual harassment. Um, some of the comments are just very disturbing and we didn't even put the worst in here. And then others sexualizing women, unwanted sexual advances, you know, being excluded from work activities in a way that, that objectified them. And, and we had a few that were just accusations of using sex to get ahead. Um, that's very distressing for, for many. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're all super interesting, but we did find about 80 plus percentage were from men. And yeah, so yeah. some came from women and most from men between 40 and 60, but some were little kids, some were, you know, other, others, um, and often 
they were people that were superior to them. So they're bosses, sometimes peers, but bosses as well. And so, um, you know, we have so many examples, especially, do you want me to share a few examples? Yes, yes, please share some examples. We got to get into the dirt here just a little bit. (laughs) So, so here's one, let's do a few on the focus on, on physical appearance. So, um, here's one. The first time we met, he said, what a surprise. I thought you'd look a lot older than you do. You've still got a good 10 years of sex kitten left in you. Um, <laughs> and so that 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 is, you know, one that you would like, what? You know, <laughs> um, yeah. so that that one is is crazy. So and just to even and here's one that some people may may say, well, this one's not a big deal. However, I would argue against that. A manager said, how do you keep that slim figure? Um, so you would think, well, that's kind of nice. Well, first of all, that that isn't, for some could take that nicely, but for some, that's like, don't talk about my body. I'm here for my mind. I'm here for my brain. I've had many women, for instance, just a couple of months ago, a woman who was a lawyer. She walked into a room. She's the only woman. A couple of the men said, oh, you're so beautiful today or this and that. She, she was just like, I, I, it's not about my body. And so she said, then I sat down and the client that was there, they didn't engage her. They're like, oh, she must be here for looks. And so yeah. some things that we say may not seem like they're a big deal, but but they are a big deal to, to a yeah. lot of, of things. So this, this one's a sad, kind of a sad one. He wanted to know how they could let me, someone who is homely and looks like a settled man, work at the front desk when there was a real looker in the other office who could be in my place. Another woman told us that her boss basically said, well, if you're pregnant, nobody can see that you're pregnant. You just need to hide that, you know. Um, so those were some about, you know, looks. And, and those were not even the, oh, he, oh, I wanted to share one more. I'm looking at my time. So this yeah, was please. a mayor. This was a mayor in the state of Utah. He looked at me and said, you, but you're a cute little blonde thing. You can't be a mayor. <laughs> so uh, so I, yeah. some of this is trying to, like, they probably didn't think this person, like, that was a big deal because who's given a compliment. Actually, yeah. that that is not, that is a big deal. And that's something you just shouldn't be talking about, you know, talking yeah. about. I, or, or, oh. I think we have, you know, men, especially men, uh, you know, over 40 uh, who weren't raised with the same, with the contemporary mores of the office uh, when secretaries were to be chased around a desk. I mean, it's that, you know, I'm old enough to remember when that's kind of what the expectation was. Uh and I, I think men honestly don't understand how women feel when we say stupid things like you've described. And especially things that seem so benign, like, uh, you know, looking good. You look good today. That, I like that dress. I like those shoes, whatever. And, and your point is, 
it's never relevant, right? In the office, how you look is just never something a guy should be commenting on, is it? It, it really isn't. It's, it's interesting because we have to look, men kind of struggle if they've been in certain environments, but we all need to think more just about how, how to be, you know, uh, more respectful for everybody. And, and, you know, around the country and in, in Utah, I'll, I'll have to say that, that our rates of sexual assault and domestic violence are really high. And um, in fact, one in six women will have experienced sexual rape in the state. And you don't know when someone's affected with such trauma. I was raised with six brothers. So some things I'm like, oh, stupid. You know, they're not going to impact me as deeply, but we just don't know. But, but Devin, let me, let me share one that, uh, that gives, gives your listeners just a little bit more depth. Here's, here's one. Um, a male colleague told me, those jeans look good. They'd look better draped over my dresser. Yeah. So, so these are not all just calm, calm yeah. comments, right? Um, yes. they, some of them are really kind of disgusting, and we did not even put um, the the real disgusting stuff, disgusting ones, you know, on here. But I'll share one. Yeah. I don't know if, if it's okay to share this. You can cut it out if you don't want yeah. it. But um, while I was speaking, while I was at a speaking event where I was about to present. The host was having issues with the mic. I went to help fix it and had to have my head below the podium. And he said, while you're down there. So, um, you know, of course, it totally disgusted her. It would disgust most people. But so some of these are, and there's many other examples. And like I said, we didn't even put the worst of them on there. So what we know is is those slight comments even like, oh, you know, if you continue to talk about looks when women are really needing to be taken seriously, um, that impacts confidence. It impacts the environment. It impacts how people respect each other um, or respect the women at the table. Um, And uh, outright, you know, sometimes we're just outright excluded. They impact our career development and trajectory. And with this talent shortage, it absolutely impacts that culture, whether a woman is going to stay or just absolutely leave. In fact, one of the people you might remember that from reading the report, she was so um, thrown off. They were just in shock at some of these comments that she didn't know what to say. In fact, a lot of people, that's how they responded. And she left and she never came back. She just quit. She didn't even quit. Yeah. She just could she not just even yeah. think about even going back um, because she was so humiliated um, in, in what happened. Yeah. And that's what we heard in a lot of situations that they were just humiliated. Summers like, ah, you know, but, or disgusted, but, um, and some they go on and maybe they not, not don't affect every part of their life, but they've had that experience that just it feels disrespectful to them. So we did yeah. gather how they responded. Right. Yes. And so many of them just walked away. They were shocked. They had no response. They were thinking they should have said things. Um, and, and many did have a direct response and sometimes emotional, like, just shut up or, or stop doing that. Um, yeah. However, what we found 
was some of the best responses when they decided to educate. And what I love about this is for male allies especially, or men that, that really have some good intentions, for instance, oh, you know, maybe they comment, you look so, because they're used to doing that with their spouse. They're used right. to saying, here's my beautiful wife, here's this. So they think that's good. But um, having a woman just pull him, let's say, aside after the meeting and saying, you know what, I know you really want to respect people and I know you have a good heart. Let me tell you what that comment to me or my peer really felt like, because I, I don't think you intended that. And um, I've had men tell me that that women have done that. And they're like, wow, I didn't realize that. So, so obviously some of these, yeah. they did realize it, right? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 as I read through the report, it seemed to me that many, I wouldn't say most, but many were probably offered in a, a, a sort of a, at least benign intention yeah. or maybe even a kind intention and it just misfired, right? Because men don't appreciate what they're really doing to a woman sometimes when they say this stuff. And, and so, you know, my, my thought is it's incredibly important for men and women, but especially men who don't empathize as much as well as automatically with, with the women in their situation to read your report. We just yeah. we just have to read it and go, oh my gosh, that's how women well, that's feel when I say that. Five and and like I said, in, in right. March actually we'll do the last couple. But um the first one sets the stage and then we really get in. But the reason we did so many is we said, wait, to learn and grow, that's the whole purpose. The whole purpose of doing all this research is not to say, oh men are are bad or anything. I mean, the whole purpose yeah. is let's learn. Women, let's learn and be ready for responses. Men, let's let's all just kind of help each other learn and grow. So especially when we get all the package of five done, I think this would be fabulous for people in their companies and their groups, spouses. Uh, in fact, I'm teaching yeah. an executive MBA class right now and, I, and have them make a goal. And a couple of the men are there, them and their spouses are reading them together and really talking about that. And so my hope is that they will be used as tools to, first of all, some entertainment, like, do people really say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also yeah. for me and you, no matter if we experience this or not, we need tools to be better allies to yeah. help help us sometimes you can deflect or say for instance let me give you one one quick example um, um i've been in a few meetings um, uh i don't know if you've read my forbes piece on calling women girls and that with that whole thing uh, and what that does but i've been in meetings where where more men are at the meetings and they'll say well the girls in the front office and i'll say well, are you boys going to, <laughs> you know, I just yeah. put, and then I smirk. I'm like, yeah. I don't want them to hear that because yeah. then they smile. And it's not that I slapped to their wrist, you know, or, uh, but I made a point and with some humor to teach. That's my hope that it taught. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Susan, uh, I want to talk to you for like 90 more minutes. I know you've got to go be on live television in a minute. And and I'm so grateful that you squeezed me in before that. But before we go, uh, I wonder if you would just tell everyone, what is your superpower? Oh, I think my superpower has got to be, well, my passion about the topic of strengthening the impact of girls and women in Utah and also worldwide. I am deeply, I purpose. My, my purpose is so strong. But I would add with that, I am a very, I have a lot of stamina to do a lot of work. <laughs> and, um, and I'm not afraid. So I, I can yeah. speak, maybe it's my age, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but at this point in my life, I speak truth and I base that on research. So, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for that uh, that question. Well, as, as you think about that, and it's really three different superpowers, sense of purpose, stamina, and, um, oh, I lost the third one. But, <laughs> but uh, see, yeah, I'm not smart enough oh, to, to do this courage. job. <laughs> That's right, the fearlessness. Yes, uh, so... Let me just ask you as a follow-up on, on stamina, how would you uh, coach someone to develop and strengthen their stamina for the kind of work you do? Well, I, my stamina, I'm referring to, I work a lot, which I don't know is really a good thing. Um, <laughs> but I also, so I wouldn't encourage that. It's not good for work life. But my kids are older now and I have so many requests but they're not requests that I get paid for necessarily. They're not, they're purpose driven. So purpose being pur purpose driven is mostly a strength, but it could be when you feel such a strong responsibility, it could get in the way, right? Um, yeah. With things. So I would just say, you know, if you really seek for, and I work with women on this all the time, because what we know from the research is when women feel called or feel this purpose to lead, whether they want to or not, they'll lean in, they'll step forward, and they'll use their voice and, and really, you know, lead in ways that are not uh, not comfortable. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. women like to stay in our comfort zone. But true learning and true purpose will take us out and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is power. So I talk about purpose all the time, finding all of us are you know, I believe in God and many people do, but even if we don't, I mean, we can feel that calling or purpose that we're made to do certain things. And each of us is so unique. When you study neuroscience and the brain, we each have unique, distinct gifts and, and strengths and so many places to use those in this world for good, right? So yeah. I really do encourage people to to seek for purpose. And that takes some understanding our strengths, understanding our gifts, understanding um, what our heart tells us, the head, heart, and hands, right? Right, what right. It makes our head, like, what do we love thinking about first thing in the morning? And what makes our heart leap? And what do we want to do? What, what does all that together make us want to do? Paying attention to that is key journaling even this research still says journaling by hand there's something about writing that's powerful typing good yeah. too but yeah. um, really doing some self-reflection 
on, on what do we want our life to be and how can I engage and use my gifts and strengths to make a difference in my workplace, in my community, running for public office, um, you know, doing, you know, taking on an issue at the legislature, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. And then we just move forward and go for it. Uh, fantastic. Well, I I'm so anxious because I know you've got to go do television and I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, thank you so, so much for sharing your insights. Tell people before you go how they can find your reports on the, the comments that men make. Thank you. So for the Utah Women in Leadership Project, utwomen.org. And it really, I have many people on my monthly, new, get my monthly newsletter like you. And I have many people outside of Utah get that and even internationally because we have so many resources as well for people in Utah and, and people outside of Utah. So utwomen.org and you can find my information there as well. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much for being with us. We thank wish you every success in the great work you're doing. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much. I appreciate the invitation. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.